Hello, and welcome to Two Mourners, One Book Club. <laughs> I'm Em. And I'm Jordy. And this is our segment called Drunk and Disorderly Debriefs. Debriefs. <laughs> you can't tell from a multitude of factors. We're lightly inebriated and ready to talk through Shadow and Bone by Leigh Bardugo, which we just covered in our first five episodes. So if you haven't watched those, pause this. Listened, Jordan. Listen to those. It's an audio medium. If you haven't listened to those, pause this. Go pour yourself a glass of wine. Read all of Shadow and Bone. <laughs> and then come back here for our, our debrief. Or if they just want a summary, they can... Like, if they just want the gist of it, they're not going to pass any exams by listening. <laughs> there is a test at the end. <laughs> well, let's say there's someone who, I don't know, maybe they're taking, like, a creative writing class in college. Mm-hmm. And they're reading Shadow and Bone. Dude. Because, I mean, it is, I I think it's the best world building that I have ever read. I, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. And so we like, both read we can, mostly fantasy. We both can read. <laughs> and we're both so literate. So... Before we get into the content, um, what are we drinking tonight? Um, I don't know. Jordan made it. It's really good, though. <laughs> I realized that as I was saying that. We're drinking a poor man's amaretto sour, which is just a pour and a half, how your heart's content, of amaretto, a little bit of blackberry moonshine, if you know, you know, and a can of baby Sprite. It is very tasty. Uh, what the... <laughs> So that's what we're sipping. That's our libation of the hour. And if you are drinking, please drink responsibly. Yes, we're both well over 21. <laughs> as our bones remind us as we wake up I, every Literally, morning. I'm sitting here like my back hurts so bad from sitting on the floor. I didn't tell you, but as we were walking up the stairs to come record this, both my knees cracked. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so I'm literally old. taking vitamins for bone health every morning. <laughs> But it's fine. I take my multivitamin and my immuno, um, my elderberry immune gummy. (laughs) Just the phrase elderberry immune gummy should tell you that we're old enough to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Our birth, our birth years start in 19, so. (laughs) What's that? that, When were you born? 2000 and, and you're still going? That's a compound sentence. Yeah, no, we're. We're legal. We're legal beagles, and we're here to talk about books. (laughs) So anyway, drink responsibly, and we hope that you enjoy this uh, drunken disorderly debrief of Lee Bardugo's book, Shadow and Bone. So I think we should start this off. We give props to her, I think, Mm -hmm. in every book, uh, or (laughs) in every episode, (laughs) but we really love and appreciate Mm -hmm. Lee Bardugo's um, world building, the characters she creates. Yep. Um, and also, we know that she did a lot of sh- of work with season one of Shadow and Bone mm-hmm. as well. And um, we're big fans of both the show and the book. So, yes. snaps to Lee Bardugo. Thank you, Lee Bardugo. Um, thank you for giving us something to talk about and to inspire our podcast. Yeah. And Thanks. Cheers. Oh, heck yeah. So, we just finished up the first book, and it's a five-book series? No, it's seven. It's so, eight. So, okay, let's... How many books are in this series? So, we have the trilogy. Uh-huh. So, we have Shadow and Bone, Siege and Storm, and Ruin and Rising. Mm-hmm. And that covers Alina, mm-hmm. Mal, the Darkling, those characters. Yes. But the main character is Alina, and it's only through Alina's point of view. That's important. Then we have a duology. Mm-hmm. 
which we will cover next. That's what we're covering next. Um, well, the first book in this yeah, duology. We're, we're Russian nest-egging them mm-hmm. in order to flow best with the show. And also to, and the narrative. to pay homage to the um, Russian... Um, <laughs> like, no, oh my God. To the Russian cultural practice of nesting dolls. The Russian cultural... Um, and uh, nuances references yeah in there the it books. is there it is because not Ra- really we Ra- just Ra- really Russia. we just we're just really excited to get to six we just of crows. both six of crows is both like in our top 10 best books we've ever read list yes so we're really excited to get to six of crows so but anyway we have the trilogy shadow and bone siege and storm ruin ruin and ruin and rise <laughs> maybe not the best activity to do well i just can no, I, I had trouble the first episode with my r's jordan ruin remember? and rising is hard oh that's right um, and we have Six of Crows. I'm, I'm insecure about it. I'm sorry. I won't mention it again. <laughs> then we have the, and, we have the duology. <laughs> we have Six of Crows. And Crooked Kingdom. And then we have another duology that is King of Scars and Rule of Wolves. So that's also many? difficult to say. That is... That's seven. Yes. That's seven. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you... I'm holding up five fingers on one hand and two on the other and it was holding up four. On one hand and three on the other. Because and I thought I was having a stroke. Because it's, I was like, look, I know I'm bad at math. But. Because duology, duology, <laughs> trilogy. You have so much flank finger flexibility. I don't. I have arthritis look, now. Look, I can do that too. We're doing little witch fingers. But I have arthritis in this in this finger now. It really hurts all the time. We are old. I know. I'm not even kidding. I had my mom feel it, and she was like, "Yep, it's arthritis." I have a bump. Oh my gosh. You can feel it if you want, but I know okay. you don't like hands. I don't like hands. I don't like people touching my hands. You're good, but I have a little a little bumple there from my That has come up a lot in this episode well, and the last episode. A lot in a lot of young adult literature, hands are important. <laughs> I, no, I won't elaborate. <laughs> no, it think of well, like the Jane Austen like longing hands. Oh well I was thinking you can't do like the Grisha moves without Also that's true. I still think Agai. I know you do. Every... I knew where that was leading. <laughs> There's a lot of hands in, in Shadow and Bone. And that actually brings me to my first talking point, which is the edition of the book that I read for Shadow and Bone, which was the Netflix cover adaptation. And I have a gripe when books do this. It has a fake sticker on it. Ugh. It says, Netflix, a Netflix original series. And then font that's too small for me to read because not only do I have arthritis, I also have do you a want me to read it. I think it says Give me the Netflix is a registered trademark. It says Netflix like eight times. It but says Netflix is a registered trademark of Netflix Incorporated and its affiliates. Artwork used with permission of Netflix Incorporated. It says Netflix on this sticker like eight times. But it's one of those perma stickers. That's my first gripe. And then this isn't a gripe. It just it did impact how I read the book. So we said earlier in our podcast, my brain buffered for a second, that we both watched the show mm-hmm. before we read the book. And so I bought the edition of the book that has Alina, like the lower half of her face and then her Akayo hands with a sunbeam on the cover. And we have mentioned before that Alina, the main difference, I would say, in Shadow and Bone, the book versus the TV series, is that Alina is half shoe in the series. So she's half like Asian coded, which as a half Asian coded person myself... I really resonated with and that was super cool to see on screen and so I was expecting that in the book and then Mm. with the cover being her which I think is good and I know you got to sell books and that's a good way to sell a book I was like kind of confused when I started reading it and I was like wait it's not talking about her her ancestry her heritage at all and I was like 
because she's not half Sheila in the book. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. But also, I think um, when the book came out, Lee Bardugo received some criticism for Mm -hmm. um, how white her characters were implied. And Mm -hmm. she took that... And said, you are right, I'm so sorry, and rectified it in yeah. her later books. Um, and I also think that when they were cast, I believe, I this could be incorrect, but I believe when they were casting, she um, wanted someone who was maybe um, not like of a certain race or ethnicity, yeah. but someone who was more diverse. To she was of, open-minded during the casting yes. process. Um, which, props to her. Like mm-hmm. It's hard to take criticism. Mm-hmm. We both don't take it very well. I take criticism okay. Oh, well, I don't. I know. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm not like, ooh, give me criticism, but I can handle it okay. I'm like, okay. That's fine. <laughs> cool. Side note, why do you hate me? <laughs> okay. I'm just going to go cry now. No, don't cry. Um, But um, but all that to say, I think that that's a testament to her as a writer mm-hmm. and as a person. And you can see it mm-hmm. in the later books in the Grishaverse, especially with one character. And it's spoilers right now, so I'm not going to say it. But when something is revealed about a certain character in the King of Scars duology, I was like, oh, I, I like this. Oh, yeah. yes. I was like, okay. She so. she spun that on, on its head from the first book to that duology. Yes, which, which... I, was, I was really pleased with. Mm-hmm. So... That was just, like, not a gripe, but an observation of how the cover, the edition that I bought, impacted my reading experience. I will be honest, when I read it, I didn't have the cover um, that mm-hmm. had the picture from the show. I just had, like, You the, had this, the stag, right? Yes, the stag cover. Um, but when I read it, which I think it's pretty safe for me to say about both of us, that mm-hmm. we typically don't watch something before we read it. Typically, no. I mean, I did not read Harry Potter until college. I did not watch the sh- the movies of Harry Potter until after I read the books. Really? Correct. See, yeah. I never read. I only f- this year or last year watched all of the Harry Potter mm-hmm. movies that were written. Excuse me. The books were written by Dobby. Yeah, and I've mm-hmm. never I've never read the books, but I know Dobby worked really hard on mm-hmm. those. It was have... really rude what that woman did to him. <laughs> making him write all those books <laughs> i have the books if you want i have several different covers of the books but okay. anyway that I was digress. me with with twilight so for yeah. that that was something i read super early on and then my mom read it too and then i missed school every time a new movie came out did you also go to the twilight. minute premiere no i oh. went to the 8 a.m premiere with a bunch of ladies from the library and my mom and it was incredible that is fabulous my mom and i for twilight would go to the midnight premiere mm-hmm. and then when Breaking Dawn Part 2 came out. I think oh for Breaking gosh. Dawn Part 1, we bought tickets to where they would show like the marathon of all the movies. <gasps> it started at like 4 o'clock. That's incredible. And then the the midnight premiere. So, But all this to say that we do not... We normally don't. It Typically, we do not watch something before we read it. But mm-hmm. we did with this. And it was because so we, good. we didn't know it was a book. Yes. I, we saw it on Netflix and we both so watched it and we're like, oh my gosh, this is really great. And then we're like, wait, it's a book. Let's read the book. And then it became our entire mm-hmm. personalities. Because <laughs> the way the show ends, you know, like when something ends and you're like, gah, I want more of this. And so like you search out all the content of that mm-hmm. thing you can find. It was like, oh, this is a seven series book series. A seven book series. 
let's dive in. And I'll, full transparency, I actually didn't finish reading Shadow and Bone because mm-hmm. I just couldn't separate it from the show. And I was almost going to give up on the whole series, but Emma said, don't give up, just skip it and go straight into Six of Crows. And I did that and I had finished the entire series within a month after that. I also, I don't know. So good. I wouldn't say I encouraged her to read it. I said, Jordan, you have to read this. And she was like, I can't get through this first book. And I said, that's fine. Read Six of Crows and then go back to it. And she did. <laughs> and she so finished good. the all seven books before mm-hmm. I finished them. They're, they were so good. I snorted Six of Crows up one side <laughs> of my nose and out the other. It was so good. So we're very excited for next week to get yes. to um, Six of Crows. But anyway, this we are still um debriefing mm-hmm. about shadow and bone and so um i think in in the, our past episodes we've gone back and forth between book and show kind of discussing one chapter in the book kind of discussing one chapter or one part of the show mm-hmm. um but also mixing it in and i feel like this is where we're probably gonna compare it a little more maybe yeah, i would say so sure maybe i don't know sure <laughs> i don't know we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants here <laughs> Um, I made it 13 minutes with an accent, without an accent. Gosh, <laughs> what was it. that accent? Was that like a, like a transatlantic? I don't know. <laughs> it made me think of the, I don't know his rank, but the guy in, have you ever watched Mr. Rogers? Like? Not like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, that's what I was like. Like, it I... was a play that got adapted into a movie about a naval captain named Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I have not. You need, you would like it. Okay. It's really, really good, but there's the... I, again, I don't know his rank, but he's like, bus boy. Oh, bus boy. Clean this up, bus boy. And then the way you said that reminded me of I'm that. just thinking of the, the Southern, I do declare. Oh, you're getting into character. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Shadow and Bone, book and show. Yeah. Where do we want to start? I think I want to start with Mel. Okay. Honestly. Because other than Alina's ethnicity being different between the two i think the next biggest difference is mel and we've said before Mm -hmm. and it's been said online that because shadow and bone and the subsequent other two books in the trilogy are all told by alina's Mm -hmm. point of view and we know that alina is an unreliable narrator she's 17 she does the best she can yes (laughs) that (laughs) that show mel and book mel are the same person it's just a matter of perspective Mm -hmm. i don't think i subscribe to that because Bookmel is a 17-year-old boy, which mm-hmm. is to say he kind of sucks. <laughs> but Showmel is a he's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He really I, is though. I am a gentleman. He really is. He's so nice. Yeah. He's so kind and open. He does everything he's ethnically he can. ambiguous, yeah. which is nice of him. He does everything for <laughs> He does everything. <laughs> that's not a moral quality. It's just something that's neat. He does do everything for her. He does everything he can to get to Alina. His Once he realizes... You see it a little more in later chapters mm-hmm. in the book. And I think this is where... I think I'm going to say we disagree because... Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say I like to give people and characters in general the benefit of the doubt. Um, Never me. And <laughs> uh, so I, I build up a story in my head where I'm like... I'm thinking, obvious, because in Shadow and Bone, we're only getting Alina's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the show, we get his perspective as well. And you're able to explore his character more. That's true. Than in the book, because we don't really know what he's doing. We get snippets of what he did while Alina was at the palace, but we don't know exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the show, they're able to explore that a little bit we more. We see him go to Ferda mm-hmm. with his friends. We see them die. We see him struggle. 
All we see him write letters to Alina that mm-hmm. never get sent. Like Just real, real sad. And then not, in they the, get sent but never received. Yeah, in the book, at the end of mm-hmm. of the book, we see that the we get to see the letters that they wrote each other. Um, as while in the show, they're read at the end of like the episodes. Um, yeah, and I I'm gonna interject really quick and mm-hmm. say that I think the casting mm-hmm. for Shadow and Bone is the best casting. It is impeccable. I I don't know what those casting directors did, but but they did that. Ben Barnes as the Darkling, incredible, fantastic. Um, Jesse May Lee as Alina, incredible. Archie Reno as Mal, incredible. Um, what's her name? Uh, Zoe Wanamaker as mm-hmm. Bagra. So good. Is that her last name? I don't know. You know, I, you know all the cast better than I do. Well, I'm just good with names. Um, but um, who else is? Oh, um, what's her name? Uh, the girl who plays Jenya. Uh-huh. Incredible. Jordan's taking a sip. So. <laughs> So she agrees. So good. So good. I do agree. Yes. <laughs> um, but the casting was done so well. And I, any, I'm glad I watched the show before I read the book in this instance because yes. the casting was done so phenomenally. So you could, like, see them in your head mm-hmm. as the characters. And so in the book, I wasn't bothered by the lack of um, description of Alina and mm-hmm. Mal because I had in my head what their characters in the show looked like. That's true. Um, but again, I'm like, oh, I I like to live in a happily happily ever after world where everything's hunky dory. I so. will say, book Mal is probably more realistic than show Mal for a 17 year old guy. Yes. For a 17 year old boy. Mm-hmm. But, but you know. But also maybe not. He's like still sweet. You know. Yeah. No, he still has his moments. He's still very sweet. He does some dumb stuff in later books. Very typical of a seventeen-year-old boy, so I'll be interested to see how they handle. Okay, but to be fair, Alina, Alina does some. Dumb oh, she stuff. does some very stupid things. These are children, like Miha. Miha, what are you doing? I think I wonder what I would have, what the perspective I would have had, if I had read these books as a seventeen-year-old myself would have been. I'm glad I don't know because reading it in my mid twenties, I'm like, you stupid little children, <laughs> you know nothing. At my big, big age, I know that you shouldn't do that. But I remember reading, you know, Twilight at 14, 15, and being like, they're so in love. I want this. <laughs> Were you Team Edward, Team Jacob? And it's, I was Team Edward. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's okay. I was Team Jacob. I understand Which, that. also, <laughs> they're both not, not good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, when I was, like, the target demographic, I was like, this is love. And it's, like, so toxic. So... I wonder what our perspectives, how our perspectives might change reading this at the, as the age of the characters. That's true. I will also say that, um, again, I believe I have read, I'm not 100% sure that this is accurate, but that Lee Bardugo has said that the Darkling is based off of mm-hmm. um, an ex-boyfriend that she had who was mm-hmm. abusive. And so you are not supposed to... You're not supposed to root for him. Yeah, you're not supposed to ship him and Alina mm-hmm. Um but that is a child. <laughs> I don't want to see you sniffing around here anymore. <laughs> Have you seen that TikTok audio? Yes. Yeah, isn't it's it? like that. It's from The Office, right? With Stanley. I think it is. Ryan? That is a child. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to see you sniffing around here <laughs> anymore. It's true. 
But and I can, but it's I can also, see that. In the book, like, I feel like it's easier to dislike the Darkling in the books because he's played by Ben Barnes. Because it's not Ben Barnes. Oh, my gosh. We love Ben Barnes. It does make... <laughs> if he was it, like, I want to hold your hand, I would say absolutely not. Really? You wouldn't hold hands even I with Ben Barnes? I don't want anyone touching my hands. I fall asleep holding hands almost every night. <laughs> <laughs> I know that makes you sick. It's it's comforting. That is a difference, though. Like, in the book, it is... You're so right. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to be like, ew, mansplainer, manipulator, manslaughter. But and in the, then in the, the show, show like, you're like, oh, that's fine, Ben. Oh, I understand. You're so tortured. What do you want me to do? Oh, you're so tortured. Yes, such cute. a hard life. Oh my gosh, you're just trying to help me. I get it. I get it. So I see that. You know but, what? You probably do know best. <laughs> but I also love that. Ben Barnes was fan cast mm-hmm. as the Darkling. On Tumblr for years. For years. And that he was actually cast because I really think that he is the perfect Darkling. Mm-hmm. Um, again, going back to that casting. I can't think of anybody who could have done that role. No, he's like brooding, intimidating. But, but he still also... has this, not boyishness and not naivety, but the yeah. way to, per- like, he can yes. show you mm-hmm. boyishness and naivety mm-hmm. as part of his manipulation. Mm-hmm. Done very well. Ugh. So we, yeah, mm. we're just big fans of the entire thing. Yeah, it's great. And the books are great too. Like the books definitely lived up to the hype. The reason I didn't finish Shadow and Bone wasn't because it's not a good book because it's a really good book. Mm-hmm. It's just because I had the show as a framework. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was like, no, no, I have to finish. It's so good. But then I got to Six of Crows and I was like, oh but, my gosh. I sped through that. The yeah. first chapter of Six of Crows is a little weird. We'll get to this next week. And I was like, am I going to like this? And then like I was done with it within like 72 hours mm-hmm. after that. It is, I'm going to say this again, probably the entire time we go through Six of Crows, the best mm. character introduction mm. I have ever, mm. excuse me, mm. read. It's true. So good. So we should probably talk about Shadow and Bone more, though, because we we're going to get to we that. We should. Um, so. I... I'm going to ask, what was your favorite part of Shadow and Bone? Oh. Book or TV show? Ooh. There we go. So sorry. We had to take a pause because I had to think about what my favorite part was. And while I'm still pondering, Jordan is going to go. Yeah. So I think. My favorite part of the book, and I really liked doing this podcast with you because mm-hmm. I did get to dive back into the book a little bit, and I'm more removed now from the show than I was when I started trying to read the book, so I had a greater appreciation for it. So I think my favorite part of the book was actually when we covered in the last episode where um, Ivan takes Alina down to Mel's like weird mm-hmm. makeshift dungeon, which is a little hmm, a little gripey there. Like that could have been written a little, a little better, just like the schematics yeah. of the camp. But where Ivan takes her down to the dungeon where Mal is, and they have their heart-to-heart, and he says that he loves her, even the parts of her that loved him. Because that kind of unconditional love, especially from a 17-year-old boy who is facing death, (laughs) is important. Mm -hmm. Like, to even articulate that. And the way he said it was really nice. And it was even like, Alina in herself, internal narrative was like, wanting to deny it to not hurt mouse feelings like no i never loved him but like she knows that's not true and mm-hmm. so she just like appreciated his knowledge of her and his unconditional loving of her which was neat so that was my favorite part in the book which i read an hour ago and then i think 
My favorite part in the movie is a little movie. Show. In the TV show. <laughs> it's a little harder to nail down. But I think it's like the climax of the show, like in the last episode, where they're on the skiff and he's, the Darkwing is using her power and she reclaims it and pops the piece of antler out of his hand because that's just such a triumphant moment and everything about like this this is actually also a difference between the the show and the book is that in the book she just has the collar mm-hmm. the antlers it's this physical representation of the things that she's gone through and it comes to symbolize a lot of different things it's actually in the symbology that's another strength of Liwardugo's is the application of a manipulation of symbology within her own universe that she's created. That's how fully realized this world building is. And I'm like, ugh, the country in my book has a name. And that's all I got. So um, all of that to say, in the show, when she, like, claims her power and, like, self-actualizes, the antlers sink into her body. Mm-hmm. Like, they're fully integrated into her being and that's just like a nice like visual metaphor and then also it's a nice moment when the antler pops out of his hand because it's like yeah get him so i think that's my favorite part of the show that's good i i think i'm going to not to copycat but i think i'm going to say my favorite part of the book was also the part where she's talking to mom but for a different reason um it's my favorite or one of my favorite parts of the book because that's the first time you get to really see them have a conversation where they're not running from someone. They're not running to find something that it's just an honest and real conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to see their friendship and where they started. And you really get to see them as individuals, but also as friends and potentially a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it's really wholesome and it's, the where they both have felt the most comfortable and at yeah. home the entire book. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And similar to show, but not quite, um, my favorite is when uh, Bagger comes to get her mm-hmm. uh, from where she is um, in the Darkling's quarters. Because remember, the Darkling mm-hmm. went away and was like, can I see you later? And she's like, ah. um, I don't know, can you? <laughs> I know. Um, but Dagger comes to get her away because she knows what the Darkling has planned. And she tells Alina what to do. And she's like, go down this hallway. You'll find food and like all someone will come get you. Mm-hmm. But instead of doing what she's told, for once in her life, she, she makes the decision yeah. to leave. And she's like, I... I can't stay here. I got to go. (laughs) She makes the decision that she has to leave and she can't stay there. And so she's going to forge her own path. She doesn't know where she's going. She doesn't know what she's going to do. But this is her first decision that she has made on her own in with at least a semblance of Mm -hmm. confidence in that decision. Yeah. Um, And so both similar in the she's realizing her power yeah both not only in her human form but her like grecian her human self and her grecian yeah. self um but i'm just a sucker for a good 
good happy ending and that's that's like her and mal you know that it's like the little and that again that wasn't in the show mm-hmm. um but um i understand why they didn't put it in the show because mm-hmm. we had we got to see we got it in flashbacks mm-hmm. and stuff earlier on and i think that might be why lee bardugo put it in the book so you mm-hmm. could see more of mal's perspective because we hadn't gotten that yeah um and to see their actual relationship so it wasn't just one-sided like alina thought for for a good chunk yes because like the whole book up to that point their shared history has either been like a sticking point for mm-hmm. alina a sad thing for her or used to manipulate her mm-hmm. and so that was like a, the pure moment where their shared history was just what it was and that's really nice yeah hmm. it's emotional it is emotional <laughs> <laughs> it's sweet so changing gears Let's talk about least favorite moments oh. in the show and in the book. Okay. Oh, gosh. I'm also going to have to think about this. I'm going to start. <laughs> Jordan said, I do not have to no, think about I this. I have to wait. So the reason I stopped reading the book was because the little oh, palace right. stuff was just driving me nuts. That's fair. Like, it's so monotonous. And I understand why it is. It's supposed to be because mm-hmm. that's, like, the rhythm of her life the rhythm of the night no but um (laughs) like she's like in a whole new place getting used to stuff and stuff sucks (laughs) and it's like it does we talked about it in the episode about that that's kind of the filler chapters they're not filler everything's important Mm -hmm. but it was still like man this is a lot and like i said we both read and have read a lot of young adult (laughs) fantasy and we can read we are literate learned how to read and never lost the skill um but we both read i think it's safe to say a lot of world building books, mm-hmm. a lot of like, you're the new kid at the academy. Here's how <laughs> things work. And after the fourth or fifth time, you get kind of tired of the academy. So that's sure. where I was, especially because the book did, or meh, the show did it in a much more dynamic way, which obviously it can. It's a visual medium, it's easier mm-hmm. to do that way. But it just was a little stale for me. So I didn't like that part. And that's not even, it, that's not like a gripe. It was well written. I just mm-hmm. didn't engage with it a whole lot. And then in the show, it's harder to say. I think I think that they integrated the crows into the show as best they could. Mm-hmm. And I think they needed to so that we could jump off into season two mm-hmm. with Siege of Storm and with Six of Crows running at the same time. Hopefully. Yes. Well, because the world, like, is implied it gets a lot bigger mm-hmm. there. And so I think I'm excited to see how that integration happens in season two. With that being said, though, some of the moments with the crows were a little weak. Just a little. Yeah. I think the way that the crows are described in in the book, some of... Mm-hmm. just like a, There's just like a few little things that had to be done mm-hmm. in order to make it make sense, but it doesn't follow... Yes. I know my least favorite characters. part now as a moment. So, the Darkwing... I am the knight. I can. I've genocided before. You sent me an Instagram and post about this the again. I am darkness personified. <laughs> Meanwhile, an orphan with a broken leg just escapes with a smoke bomb from the Lord of Darkness, and I love that for him. But you know what? If but it's anyone, not realistic. But if any, no, if anyone, if anyone could, do could it, it's it'd Kaz. Be Kaz. It'd be it Kaz. is, and I, I'm going to say this now, and it's going to be my refrain. Kaz Brecker is one of my favorite characters in the entirety of literature. I adore him. I'm calling BS on that one, though. I think he could have gotten away with it because it's <laughs> it's Kaz. It, it was just a hokey moment. It's yeah. like, the Darkling, the supreme villain, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> Smoke bomb. 
and he's gone with a, with a bum leg. He just vanishes from him. And I'm not saying, I'm not taking could, away his agency. I think if anyone mm, could do it, it's Kaz. Kaz could do it. But that moment took me out of That's the show. <laughs> um, I will say, I am still thinking about my least favorite in the books. Um, my least favorite in the show um, is, oh my gosh, I had it and then I lost it. Um, my train of thought is... <laughs> it's slippery. It's slippery after... Um, what did we have to drink? We had a poor man's amaretto. After that, my train of thought is... She's she's rolling off so, the tracks. I want you to eat peasant fare to remember where you come from. <laughs> um, oh, no. My least favorite part in the show was when <laughs> when the Darkling tells Alina to call him by his real name. Yes! And because in the books, we don't find out the Darkling's real name until... The last... The last like, few chapters like of the last book. it's one of the last moments mm-hmm. in Alina's and trilogy. Yeah, and we're not going to spoil that. Cause no, it's so hopefully, impactful. Hopefully you're reading this along with us. It's so nuanced. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, call me. Um, that was not good. Call me, and then he <laughs> says his name, <laughs> and then says his name. Yeah, and, and this then... isn't his name, but he's literally like, "Oh, you can call me Hamilton," and it's like, and then they what? like literally ride off into the sunset. <sighs> yeah, um, that, and I agree with you. But also, right after that, it's interesting because he's like trying to get a read on what she knows, and that's my. Did you put your name in the goblet yeah. of fire? <laughs> yeah. So that one's kind of a little gripey, um, and. Uh, I know it's in the books and in the show, um, but just like the uh, the the relationship with Alina and Zoya, it just like mm-hmm. uh, like gosh dang it! I know the Darkling does it on purpose because yes. he's trying to pit them against each other, but like we just want women supporting Let's women. Let's uplift each other. Let's uplift and support and not knock out with a gust of wind. <laughs> Though I bet we both can think of another woman that we would want to knock out with a gust of wind. We're both, I know we're both <laughs> thinking of the same person. I know. I too. know we're both thinking of the same person. Yeah. All of that to say, it's not unrealistic, but it is, it's very much, it goes back mm-hmm. to the Academy trope of, mm-hmm. I'm top girl, you shouldn't be here. And it, it's, you know, it's a cliche. Mm-hmm. There's a twist on it. Like everything that Lee Mardugo does, it's nuanced, but that doesn't stop it from mm-hmm. being a cliche. But also what's interesting in the books, because at the beginning of Shadow and Bone, um, in the books and the show, we have, like, Zoya flirting with Mal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, like, implied that they probably slept together, mm-hmm. but we're not really sure. Um, we don't really know. But then in the show, after Mal meets Zoya, he goes to find Alina and he tells her, he's like, no, I, I didn't. They say tumble. He's like, I didn't tumble with Agrisha. Yeah. Um, and she's like, okay. But then later when Alina and Zoya are fighting with Botkin, mm-hmm. Zoya tells her, um, your tracker friend also liked it when I put him on his back. And so, um, John's face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the show, you get like denial from Mal Mm -hmm. but I also think that might build the like distrust that she's having for Mal Mm because it's like oh so um it's not that I dislike that I think it's just a point of it's different interesting 
in the book yes. <laughs> and the show. Yes, um, I agree. But I think it was it was well done in both, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to see how they explore that later because it does come it up, does come back come back again. later, um, which will be interesting. As it well. will be. It mm-hmm. will be. But we learn to love Zoya. Um, I was gonna say, mm-hmm. like, I have very rarely done a 180 on a character like that before when i like read who the main characters were going to be in the last duology that closes Mm -hmm. out the grisha verse as it exists right now because i know lee bardugo likes to keep a door open no matter what if she can come back to it if she will i know but Um, she said that she's not going to write another one I know, but you never know. That could change. Please, but, please, but, please change your mind. Leave our Please say, change your mind. Um, when I read that, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like these books then. Mm-hmm. And like. So good. They're so good. Yeah. And I really, I do a 180 mm-hmm. on Zoya. Like it's, you really need to watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Because it's like a Zuko level redemption. And you don't understand the, the depth I of understand that. Means. It, it's so much though. Okay. You really do. You would like it. I will. But, um. But yeah, um, there so, it is. I mean, we've given a lot of we do summaries. I maybe I don't know. This is just our thoughts on maybe the series in general. Yeah. Um, because like we've talked about the show in the book in previous episodes, um, and we're both really excited for the characters coming up because I think both of our favorite characters are coming are up in, in this Six are in Six of Crows. Um, we love to see it, but I will say I, and you said you didn't you. You didn't love the crossover with Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows. I, I think it had some weak show. moments. It had some really strong moments mm-hmm. too, like when Inej broke her vow of killing mm-hmm. to protect Kaz and her their friends. Like that was very much on brand. But that's also interesting because that's not in the that's books. not in the books at all. I, but I think, I think they did that to m- make her more like trust, she is. yeah yeah trust Alina more yes um I loved that they included them in this show I, I love that they included them and I think it was important that they included them most of their scenes were really strong most of their scenes were like my favorite scenes in mm-hmm. the show but some of them were a little weak that's fair like some felt shoehorned in, whereas others felt more natural. I thought you were saying shoehorned in. I was like, why? Well, why would you say that? <laughs> no, like that's I can, so weird. I can see how you would hear that, but no. Like the goat is kind of funny, but it's also like, <laughs> I loved it. Like Chekhov's goat. If you're gonna show me a goat, I better see it later. But I I really like, liked it, um, but I also wish it would have gotten more. But it was so funny in the show. What it was, was funny. Milo? Yeah. And that was the thing is that the crows are really funny, but also mm-hmm. like if Shadow and Bones PG, Six of Crows is PG thirteen, merging into R. What is the rating sometimes. for the new season? Sixteen up. <gasps> oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're gonna get to see Kaz, Mother Loving Brecker, <laughs> in action. We're gonna get to see Hellgate. Oh my gosh! I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can't wait. So good. Please so, let us know when this... Hopefully, by the time this episode is released, we'll have an official date for season two. Well, yeah, I sure hope so. I don't know. I don't know what today is. I don't know when this is going to be released. This will probably be released in two weeks. Mm. Where do you so, come from? Where do you go? Where'd you come from, Cotton <laughs> We just don't know. We just don't know. <laughs> um, what's today? This will probably be out like mid-October. Mid to late October. So. So we should hopefully have more information then. Fingers crossed. But... I think that was part of it, is that the crows are a little bit more intense. Mm-hmm. Things get more intense for Alina and co. later on. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But not as much in this first book, and so not as much as in, in this TV show. Well, but also in the first book, we are, Leigh Bardugo's completely building the world this that like we now know. This is like her debut. Yes. Which is incredible. I just wonder how long it took her to sit down and formulate this. Like, I wonder how long she's been kicking this idea around, mm-hmm. and like how long it took her to realize this world, because there's so much to it. And, you know, as much as we love the show and the characters um, and Ben Barnes. <laughs> mm, always Ben Barnes. Lee Bardugo, we are her number one She's fan She's the girls. star of the, this everything. Yes. Like, cause I, not to be like, I wrote a book because it's not finished. But I've been working on like a very like young adult-ish fantasy series like since I was 12. Yeah. And it's nowhere near finished. And I am almost 27 now. And it's nowhere near as actualized as this. And to write seven books, how do you write like you're running out of time? Like, <laughs> like in this beautiful, like, fully actualized time? world. <laughs> like, so many young adult places, they're like, like, books like this, like, they have the weird phrases and the country names. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's it. She has she established it all. the culture, the powers, the religion... And the landscape into mm-hmm. like a such a realistic thing. And the relationships. Yes. Mm-hmm. That she's able to leverage it within the narrative. It's like the place exists as a character itself within the books. Ooh, and she's then able to leverage it to mm-hmm. affect the storylines. Like, you know, the fear are the way they are because they have scarce resources. Like, yeah. all of that. It's just super cool. It's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, just such a fantastic job. I'm like trying to think of world building. I've... I'm not an author. Technically, it's hard, man. Technically, I'm a partial author on a children's book. Boom. Um, I don't even have that. That is published. I just did research for it, um, which is not young adult. It's not fantasy. It's not world building. I spent six months doing research. That's and still a putting lot. it into a children's book, um, but it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. Like I got a Scholastic Gold Key senior year for a sci-fi piece. And that's as close as I've ever gotten. I submitted to, like, the Scholastic competition and got, like, the gold key is, like, first place. Wow. So, I have it on my duffel bag that tells you how important (laughs) that is. Hey, it is. I could probably tell you how many AR points I had every year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Always number one in my class. Always. Um. (laughs) All I have to say, this, it requires, like, an understanding of geography and politics and culture and religion, and art, and, and economics, and sociology, and it's mm-hmm. crazy. And in the books, you get a map of mm-hmm. Ravka, of the Fold, of Firda, and uh, Shuhan territory. You're soaking um, water. <laughs> then stop drinking it every time. But I'm thirsty. Jordan, the past five times you've taken a sip of it, you're like, it tastes like soap. It I smells know, like soap. I and know. then you take another sip. Do you want to go wash thirsty. it out? We can take a break. Let's go take a break. No, it's, no we're, in a, we're in a good groove. I'll just stop drinking my soap water. Should have poured yourself another another glass of amaretto. Yes, sour. So for the poor man. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, Lee Bardugo, hats off. I mean, we we've said it a hundred times we'll already, but we'll it. continue to say it because it's just so fantastic. Um, and the way that she builds the world to where you can actually understand mm-hmm. what is going on and keep up with. With the nuances with the characters yes. and in the different countries and the political climates and things like that. It honestly felt like a world first approach mm-hmm. where she built out the world and then she thought about the characters. 
which is how it's the best way to do it. It's just hard to do it. I'll take your word for it. I'm it's not so an author. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's hard as shit, man. It's really hard. That's why I like reading. I can't. I can't. It's rough. I'm not creative enough to write something, so I've I just restarted I just this read. project like eight times. Like currently? Yeah, I'm working on it right now, but I've wow. restarted it like a million times. I'm yeah. at like 40 pages. Maybe we'll get to an it's episode hard. where we read your book. <laughs> Maybe I'll lay down in the middle of the highway. <laughs> Find out next episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually why we're called two mornings. <laughs> Next episode, Jordan's funeral. I still can't forget oh. David. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That was so rough. I don't even know if I have the emotional wherewithal to tell that story again. I'll tell it. <laughs> His name was Mike. <laughs> I cannot even speak the name of the vampire who organized that event. <laughs> So, our good friend, we already said his name, I won't mention it again. Um, <laughs> I don't think he listens to this. Who knows? What if he does and he just doesn't tell us things? He probably does. He has the link. Well, so shout out to you. Um, find out. You know who you are. Uh, we told him about our podcast and told him that the name was Two Mourners, One Book Club. And if you all are fans of Lee Bardugo's writing, um, we took inspiration yes. from the quote that the crows say, no mourners, no funerals. Mm-hmm. Um, and based, uh, again, took inspiration from that in creating our title. Mm-hmm. And he has not read the books. <laughs> um, he has not seen the show. Mm-mm. And so he was like, why did you, why is it called Two Mourners? Is it because both of you lost your grandma close to, grandmas close to each other, and Jordan about fell on the floor? I I really did fall on the floor. I'm, it's hard to tell over an audio medium, but I do a lot of physical comedy. I lay down on the floor a lot, and I laid down on the floor that time. And then the next day he came up to me, he's like, yeah, my grandpa died. Can I be on your podcast? And I was like, that's not what it's about. Please Stop. After we had already explained to him that it was, in fact, about a book. Crazy, crazy. He's so irreverent. It's funny. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway. (laughs) So, out of five stars, how many stars would you give Shadow and Bone? Well, I'm having a hard... Standing on its own, without the context of the others. On... I think it's hard to rank because I'm thinking of it in the context of the show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's not that I can't separate them. It's that I think they... They inform um, each other. They inform each other and they definitely assist each other. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had this mental image of the book doing like a layup and the show like dunking it in a basketball game. Yeah. Um, they... Where one has weaknesses the other one has its strengths where yeah. the other one has its weaknesses the other one has its strengths yeah. if that makes sense no i agree with that. um and so i'm going to come i'm going to do something controversial and i'm going to combine combine the show and the book okay and i am going to give it four and a half stars okay. a, a good i'm gonna say a good star or meet half a star to a star mm-hmm. solely on world building. Yeah, I would agree mm-hmm. with that. I was going to do something similar. So I, the book uh-huh. by itself, I know you're shocked. 
<laughs> we differ in opinions so often. I am a gog. Oh. I am a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I if, if y'all, I, we have said that multiple, multiple times. Multiple times. That is from Les Miserables. Um. <laughs> it is so good. I just say I'm a ghast a lot. And I always jump and in and say, just, I am a gog. I am a ghast. <laughs> so the book by itself, I give a three and a half stars. With the show, so the book by itself, I give a three and a half. The show by itself, I give a four and a half. Together, it has a four, I would say. Because hmm. first books, and this is what's, again, hard about writing. First books usually don't perform the best in a series because they have to set everything else up. So they're usually not the most interesting or memorable of a series because they're used to set up the inciting conflict, set up the world, set up the characters. So that's where Shadow and Bone doesn't falter. That's where it's really strong, but where it can be less memorable than other options within the Grisha verse. See, and then I, with that idea, I think, oh, because because it's building that world mm-hmm. and because it's introducing all this and because everything from the other books is based off of... It of, elevates it. ...of this book, it makes it better because yeah. it is done so well in this book that mm-hmm. you go into the other ones thinking, oh, yeah, I know this already. It's true. Shadow and Bone by no means fumbles the bag. It doesn't. It sets everything up beautifully. It's just, in my experience with first books, they usually are the weakest. That's fair. In the That's a fair assessment. Which is, this is still a really good book. Yeah. Being the weakest, I would say, in the series. Yeah. So that's where I would put it. I would put it at a four out of five. That's fair. Um, so we've gone over best parts of book and show, gone over worst parts. Um, this is a little different. What would you change about the book and or show? So in the book, it's easily I would just codify Alina being half shoe. That adds so much to it, I think, that I would have loved to see as a half Asian Pacific Islander person myself. Would have loved to see that in a heroine but the show does that so it's not like a major gripe that I have with the book I would honestly and I think she kind of struck gold with this writing style in Six of Crows Mm -hmm. with the multiple points of view that's what I was gonna say because Mm -hmm. one of her strengths is situational irony Mm -hmm. where you know stuff and the characters know stuff but some characters know things other characters don't and vice versa and I think Shadow and Bone would have really really benefited I know it would have really benefited from some male point of views, some ginger mm-hmm. point of views, some I also, other point of views. I agree, but I think it would have been difficult with... As the, a premiere book, it's Well, hard. not necessarily even as a premiere book, but with the importance of the characters. That's true. Because you can have... What would we have had? We would have had mostly Alina. Mm-hmm. We would have had the Darkling. We would have had mm-hmm. Mal. Maybe a few Jenya in there. Yeah. But not maybe one of Ivan where he's like That would have been funny, like a half pager. <laughs> Melina Stan. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm trying to give I them throw their her privacy. over the edge. If only for them to be together. <laughs> yes. No, I agree. I think I think it would have been not a good logistical choice mm-hmm. for the first one. But that is But I loved I think, it so much. Yes. In, because she does it. Her strengths are really good with third mm-hmm. person omniscient. Or not omniscient, limited. With the other two duologies, it is multiple mm-hmm. points of view. Mm-hmm. And it is just so well earned. I feel bad because yes. we're like, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. I know. 
if you don't so know, good. you should know. I mean, you shouldn't know. But I hopefully you're following along with us, or if you're if you haven't read the books, or if you have read the books, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully you're getting something from these podcasts by us. Yeah, we're entertaining. Analyzing. I don't know. My mom said that she listened to the first one and she was kind of confused, and I was like, "Oh no!" But she was just listening because she wanted to hear us. Because we're Robin. Ho- we're hilarious. Thanks for the support. Yeah, thanks, mom. Um, also, thanks, Christy. Yeah. That's Jordan's mom. I was going to say, my mom was like, I like it. I think I want to read these books. And Great. I said, okay, skip the first one. <laughs> read Six of Crows. You'll really like it. I we just, saw them at Costco the other day, and I was like, hey, these are the books. And she was like, I thought you were going to, for some reason, I thought you meant you saw, like, the actors at Costco. I was like, you saw the Do actors at Costco? Do you think I wouldn't Costco? have told you if I had seen the actors at, catch me falling over my Costco hot dog looking at Ben's Barnes? <laughs> I got two hot Costco hot dogs and two drinks for $3. I love Incredible. Costco. I, Incredible. I absolutely love Costco. I wish we had one in I, the town we are I in. I too. I will drive where I have one. Do mm-hmm. I spend a few hundred dollars every time? Yes, yes, but then I get lunch. But then you get for less than a $1 $2. Costco glizzy, and it's so worth it. It's fantastic. I love Costco. Ugh. The um, The loungewear set yes fantastic incredible i love it i got it in every color the shorts i'm wearing costco i have seen tiktoks and videos of people saying that once Mm -hmm. you start to wear costco clothes that's how you know you're old i i don't i disagree then i'm old they have really great clothes they're affordable brands they're comfortable Mm -hmm. they're cute Mm -hmm. this is now a costco podcast if you want to sponsor (laughs) please we would not be opposed to that yeah we love Costco. Yes. I got a squirt from Costco. You got a what? A squirt. Oh. Yes. I have a squirt from Costco. They're cute. They are. I have a lavender one. It's very comfy. I have a blue and white striped one. Oh, cute. Love a squirt love moment. It. Anyway, back to... <laughs> All of Jordan, that to say. Jordan did not see the cast of Shadow and Bone <laughs> at Costco. I wish. Um, if any of the cast would like to meet us at Costco... <laughs> Drop a pin. Let us know when and where. And we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Um, we, Jordan and I keep sending each other um, Instagram posts yes. of, of the cast. Because they some of the cast and Lee Bartico are going to be at New York Comic Con. The Comic Con circuits. And we keep joking that we're going to go. Um, I'd love to go. Unless. No. Yes. <laughs> um, but maybe next year. Maybe. Oh, that'd be so cool. Right? We'll see. That would be super fun. Um, but we can't wait to see all the interviews and we are hoping for a release date Please. while they're there. Please. You can just be eat. the perfect one. You can also just email us if you don't want to like, yes. like share it to the we world. We won't leak it. We us. promise. Yeah. The only person, only people we're going to tell is each other. So. Most lips sink skiffs. I was like, that's not the word that I remember that it's in the book. <laughs> I was like, I was Jordan. Like, dumb bitch. <laughs> I was like, what? you're not that drunk. What are you talking about? No, I was trying to be funny. No, you were. I was just, um, you know, too. <laughs> yeah. Too. Too gone to realize what you were doing. Too lost in the sauce. Yeah. It was just uh-huh. like my first thought was, that's not the right word. ship. <laughs> um, but yes, that's Speaking a good one. of ships, do you have any in, <laughs> in Shadow and Bone? <laughs> I once again was like, Jordan, I don't own any boats. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not even, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, so I ship 
Mal and Alina. <laughs> yeah. I very rarely diverge from a canon ship. It has to be yes. real good for mm-hmm. me to diverge. And if any, if in any book I am going to ship the main character with mm-hmm. the villain mm-hmm. or the anti-hero, Mm-hmm. It will be this one, but I'm not going to do it because mm-hmm. he is toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, not there, like in a cute way. No, there are a plethora of red flags there. A lot of manipulation, mm-hmm. a lot of gaslighting, a lot of gatekeeping. Not a lot of girl bossing. Mm-mm. At the end, though, we get some girl bossing at the end. It, it there comes a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I just love the the like main trope. You, yeah. do you? Yeah, I usually, I very rarely, like I said, diverge from the canon shippings and pairings and whatnot. So Mel and Alina are where it's at. Also David and Jenya. Also David and Jenya. I love <sighs> David so and Jenya. So good. So sweet. Fantastic. Oh. I love them. I'm excited to get more of them in mm-hmm. later books. Because I think the actor who plays David is like really invested in it. Like in the role and doing it justice. One of my friends... Um, said that the actor who plays David looked familiar, and mm-hmm. I guess he was on, mm-hmm. what was he, it was like Shameless or, um, skin, I don't know. Don't start me lying. I have no idea what it was. Um, he was on a show that she had watched, and she's mm-hmm. like, that is why I can't take him seriously, because I see him as oh, that character no. from that, that show. That happens. Um, and I think it's also kind of funny, though, because David's supposed to be very, very nerdy and, mm-hmm. like, into his own work. Um, and they tried real hard to make this actor look nerdy and he just like, just doesn't. <laughs> oh, but I do love in the show when, um, mm-hmm. uh, David puts like his hand up and the Darkling's like, you don't have to, what? Yes. Yes, David. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's so, good. it's so human. It added a lot of humor and it mm-hmm. also added to, I think, um, it added to David's character because yeah. I, I have not seen him in whatever he no, was I in previously, either. so I didn't have any like preconceived notion yeah. of him as an actor or as like the character. Mm-hmm. But I think um, you get more of the like nerdy, quiet self when mm-hmm. he does the like awkward, like raising his hand yes. to ask the question when there's it's literally only the Darkling, David, and yeah. Ivan. <laughs> yes, and I Ivan that. gives him like a little side eye. He's like. like are you kidding? Poor Ivan has to Poor put up with a Ivan. lot. <laughs> Ivan's holding it together. He's just, uh, yeah. He's Poor dude. It's fine. Oh, speaking of mm-hmm. Ivan and ships, him mm-hmm. and Fedir. Yes. In the book, in the show, I yes. love that that was an that was added an thing in the show. And you can kind of, you can see it if you squint in the book. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was intended in the book. Yeah. But like. They're just really good friends. With the context of the show, <laughs> it's like, mm. It's really... What was, what was the term used? I can't remember the era. I'm going to say it wrong, and that would be bad for the community, so I'm not going to say anything. Fair enough. But it's implied. Like, it's, like, full stated in the show. And then if you squint after re- watching the show and the books, you can see it. I don't think it was in, on purpose in the book, no. though. But I do love that they put that. I am intrigued how they're going to have them in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, I am as well. Because... The books, the books, the books are going to differ from the, the show. The books took a turn there. The books are going to differ from the show in this part. Um, so Not I have my theories of how they're going to do it, um, but we'll we'll see. TBD, TBD. We'll see. I, yeah, yeah. I agree. That'll be interesting. So, any other comments, concerns, Mm-mm. questions you want to go over? I think just my closing thoughts. That's a strong start mm-hmm. to the Grishaverse. Who knows if. 
Leigh Bardugo herself, when she wrote Shadow and Bone, thought this is going to be a seven book endeavor, but I'm glad it was. Who would have thought that she, maybe she thought, wow, this is going to be a eight or nine or ten book endeavor. Hmm. Hmm? Hmm. Leigh Bardugo? Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) I think, um, you know, you know when you strike gold and you know when that creative well runs deep and she did that thing so the jackpot we're so excited Mm -hmm. to continue forward into one of the best books ever yes six of crows so please join us next week um for the start of six of crows um hopefully y'all listen to this all the way through our rambling a little (laughs) bit um i don't even know if we could call this a debrief i think we can just call it a debrief a tangled debrief yeah a confusing and tangled debrief a bifurcated debrief oh that's a good word thank you it was Um, on a ninja turtles movie (laughs) (laughs) it really was and with that (laughs) uh, good night sweet prince (laughs) thank you for listening if you have any questions comments concerns please send us an email at two mournerspod at gmail.com two is spelled out Mm -hmm. uh t-w-o because there are a few different options to spell that but there are two of us so and we both are in that that email so (laughs) drop us a line let us know if you have any questions comments or concerns or if you have any book series you want us to read when we're done with the grishaverse yeah we would love some recommendations or if anyone from shadow and bone production (coughs) is listening please let us know when season two is going to be released we promise we pinky swear that we will sign an nda we won't share Mm -hmm. it with anyone the only people that we would tell is each other so Mm -hmm. we're on the same email I'm so. already saying we'd be great extras for season mm-hmm. three. I'm just putting that out there. I'm just saying there are no Latinas um, in the books, um, well... I That we know of. That we know of. Um, so I feel like we could, I could, you know... We could change that. Yeah, we could absolutely change that. Um, have another half Asian <laughs> person. Let's go. Um, and as a, ba- just a background character. We yes, just, we could just... I walk through scenes so good. Yeah. We're really good at walking. I'm so good at walking. I can glide. Um. Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, like in The Princess Diaries when she's teaching yes. how to walk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I can do that. We, so good. Um, just like a background character, if you if we get cut, that's completely that's fine. fine. Just to be there. If you want us in a kefta, beautiful. Done. If you want us in like first army gear, cool. Done. If you want us in Ketterdam clothing um, or like villager clothing, done. We can do it. I can lay face down in the dirt (laughs) like a dead villager. Jordan, when when does a villager lie face down in the dirt in any of these books? Make it happen. Don't know. I don't know. There there are lots of times where they just don't mention it because it's not relevant. (laughs) (laughs) There's just someone in the background. Yeah, somebody's just wasted out (laughs) in the background. Yeah. All that to say, <laughs> we are we're ready. We're, we're ready. willing. <laughs> we're ready. We're willing. We're able. Well, hopefully. <laughs> I was like, that might be stretching it a little bit. We're we, ready. We're willing to try. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to end our day. <laughs> Thanks for joining. We'll see you next week on Two Mourners. One Book Club. I'm Em. I'm Jordy. And happy, happy heisting. Heisting. <laughs>